Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. When I think of Father's Day, I had a great dad, and so many of you did. And then I know people that didn't have a father in their life. And, um, it, but no matter how good I was or how good we are or you are or our dads were, we're just human. And I, I tell my kids, especially Joe Jr., because you practice on your firstborn. And uh, I let them know, man, if you need any counseling, mom and I will pay. We'll, we will pay for your counseling because we were practicing. And uh, by the fourth one, you learn a few things, right? But uh, I think of my father. He, he did an incredible job. But what we all want to remember is even if we have a great dad or even if our dad's already in heaven and they're no longer here or maybe we never had a dad in our life, we have a heavenly father, and he is absolutely amazing. I titled this message, The Heart of a Father, and I want to read a couple verses to us uh, as we start out. Psalm 27, verse 10. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will take care of me. This is an incredible promise, and I've watched God do this in person after person's life. And I like how it's amplified in Psalm 68. Listen to this. The God who is holy... Uh, in his holy dwelling place is the father of the fatherless and the defender of widows. And over the years that I've pastored believers, I've watched God take care of more widows. It's just amazing the blessings that he's given to widows. And then he's also the God that places lonely people in families. And I watched that with our connect groups here at Believers, we have a lot of people, their families out of state, they're across the, the nation, and I just watch God connect them with relationships that's absolutely amazing. But how about this next promise? He leads prisoners out of prison into productive lives. This could be a literal prison, or it could be the prison of shame, despair, hurt, whatever it is, uh, some kind of addiction, and he leads us into productive lives. And he goes on and finishes by saying, but rebellious people must live in an unproductive land. And a rebellious person is just a person who says, I don't believe in God, I'm not going to follow him. And God says, I can't get involved in your life. But can you see the heart of God? He wants to get involved in our life. And he wants to be a father if we have a father, but he also wants to be a father to the fatherless. So I'm excited about opening this up. And I have a big idea if you're visiting. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. When we understand God's love, we can love like God. But the more we understand the love of God, the more we'll be able to love like God. It helps us be better dads. It helps us be better moms. It helps us be better brothers and sisters and just better people as we understand how much God loves us. So I came up with three things that I think are spectacular concerning the love of God. And here's the first. God loves us more than anything in the universe. And you might say, well, does he love me the same as he loves another Christian? Yeah, he loves you more than anything in the universe. And I remember when we had our firstborn. Joe Jr. comes out, and Gina and I were madly in love with each other, still are. But then I felt a love that I'd never felt before, that, that love for a child. And it blew my mind. And I was just amazed by it. How can you love something this much? And then Gina became pregnant with our second and when Dave was still in the oven, I began to ask the question, do I have any more love left? I hadn't even met Dave yet. Is there any more love left? 
And then Dave was born, and I loved him with identical love to what I loved Joe, and that blew my mind. And Gina became pregnant a third time, and Michelle was still in that oven. She hadn't come out yet, and I'm worried. I'm like, is, is there any love left? And then she came out, and I loved her as much as I loved Dave, as much as I loved Joe. And then Gina became pregnant a fourth time. Four kids in five and a half years. I highly recommend that you don't do that. <laughs> don't try that at home, all right? That's, that's too many in too short a period. So Deanna comes out, and I'm like, whoa. And, and I loved her as much as I loved Michelle and Dave and Joe. And I realized at that point, if we had five, ten more kids, I'm going to love them the same. And that's how God loves every single one of us more than anything in the universe. And we can all agree, we love our kids more than anything in the universe. And when our grandkids are younger, right around three, four, or five years old, my wife, Gina, will ask them, how much does grandma love you? And they know the answer. And they begin to giggle. And then they say, more than chocolate. And they just start laughing because grandma loves chocolate. But she says, I love you even more than chocolate. And God's saying to every single one of us, I love you more than chocolate. I love you more than anything in the universe. And I think this next verse is one of the most amazing verses in the Bible. Listen to this verse, 1 John 3, 1. See how much our Father loves us. This is God the Father. How much does he love you? For he calls us his children. He gave us his last name, so to speak. Think about that. He calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. So they don't realize who you are. But God says, I love you so much more than anything in the universe. I'm going to call you one of my kids. And I got to thinking about this, and I thought, how can I make this even more real, this first point? God loves us more than anything in the universe. And I thought of this. It goes like this. God's love, or God loves us so much, he pursues us. And there's so many people that think, oh, I walked away from God. I didn't pray enough. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And God's turned his face against me. But no, he's pursuing you. And that's amazing. And it reminded me of a story. Our kids were young. I think Joe Jr. was eight. Dave was six. Michelle would have been four, Deanna would have been two. And uh, we were traveling to California, and we're in the Dallas airport, and we're waiting for our flight to get on. And the kids, the boys had to go to the bathroom, and I'm holding Deanna, and Gina can't take them in the ladies' bathroom, they're too old. And it's right across the corridor. I said, guys, just go ahead and get in, I'll keep an eye on you. So they walk over, I'm watching them. And Deanna was so cute, I might have not looked a few times at that door. And then Joe comes out, and he, his eyes are just bulged, and he's really nervous. He goes, Dad, where's Dave? I don't see him. I said, he never came out. He goes, he's not in there. He said, I screamed his name. He said, I looked under the stalls. I don't see his feet. He says, where's he at? And I said, I don't know. And then I run in that bathroom. I'm like, Dave, Dave, no answers. And I, I looked, but I didn't want to look too much because they'll call security if you do that. <laughs> Just enough, I'm not seeing any feet. So I run out, I tell Gina, he's not in there. So we figured he went left or right, made a mistake. And so I go to the information desk, I say, hey, I'm missing my son, he's six years old, handsome blonde boy. We don't know where he went. So they begin to call his name, she gets a couple security guys. We're going up and down the corridor, we cannot find Dave. And then I'm going into other quarters, and then I finally come back, I don't know, 15 minutes had passed, and, and I um, look at Gina and say, we can't find him. And then just as I'm telling her, the bathroom door opens and he walks out. And he, he comes out, he has headphones on, and he has a little Sony Walkman, and he's just jamming. Dave, Dave's always been musical, and, he, and I didn't know how musical he was back then. And he's just jamming, just jamming. And he walks over, he goes, he saw I was frustrated. He goes, what's wrong? I go, where were you? He goes, 
in the bathroom. I said, I called your name. He goes, headphones, music, couldn't hear you. I said, I looked for your feet. He goes, I'm six. My feet don't go all the way down, Dad. <laughs> I couldn't be mad at him. But I share the story to tell you that's what God's doing. When you walk away a little bit, when we walk away a little bit, and we have our headphones on and we're jamming to the world or whatever it is, you know, God's pursuing you. And so Jesus, in the book of Luke, he's talking to the worst sinners of the day. These are the really bad sinners. And the religious leaders walk up to him and they say, what are you doing talking to these rank sinners? You're gonna get sin cooties on you, right? And so Jesus says some very famous things. One of the things he says is, it's the sick that need a, uh, a physician. And then he shared three parables. One's very famous, the third one, the prodigal son. Then the middle one's famous too, the lost coin. But I wanna just deal with the first one because the lost coin shows how much value we have to God. But this first one shows us how God pursues us. And here's what Jesus said, Luke 15, verse three. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And every time we walk away from God or if someone hasn't become a Christian yet, God's pursuing us. Verse five, and then when he has found him, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. No scolding. He's just excited that he found it. They're coming back to the fold. Verse six and seven, when he arrives, he will call together his friends, neighbors, and saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. It's just a lot of joy when God pursues us and gets us back. And in verse seven, we use this at the end of services all the time. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, he just said more. That doesn't mean God's not joyful over you and what you and I are doing. But whether it's a, someone that's never met Jesus meeting them and God celebrates every time one person accepts Christ, or it's one of us, maybe we strayed away in our heart, maybe we walked away from God, and I want you to know God loves you more than anything in the universe. Listen, when, when I go over these messages, God usually stirs my heart, and I know there's some folks here, just, just a few of you, might be in Bourbon, might be online, might be at TCI Correctional Facility, right here in Warren, that God wants you to know he's not mad at you, he's pursuing you. And, and he wants to grab you and bring you back. He's not upset with you. He may not be pleased with everything we do. There's times when he draws boundaries, but guys, the love of God loves us more than anything in the universe. And here's something else. The second point I want to make, it goes like this. God's love never changes. You know, being a pastor, I have a lot of parents that talk to me, whether in the lobbies or back when I did all, all the counseling. They'll come in to talk to you, and their kids have gone astray, sometimes really badly. And I have never once heard a parent say, I don't love my child. What I always hear is, I love them so much. What, what should I do? How, how do I reach them? And their love never changes for that child. And that's how it is with God. No matter what you do, his love for you never, ever changes. And here's a really cool verse. I, I like this verse. It's James 1.16, and it reads this way. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be fooled. Every good present and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father who made the sun, moon, and stars. The Father doesn't change. And God is love, by the way. His love never changes. 
like the shifting shadows produced by the sun and the moon. And, you know, when you look at shadows during the daytime or if you have a full moon at night, they just keep moving bigger or shorter depending on how the earth and sun are moving. And God says, my love never, ever changes towards any single one of you. And this is all about the heart of the Father. When we understand how much God loves us, we can begin to love our kids at a higher level. We can begin to love everybody, no matter who we are, at a higher level. And that's something this world needs right now more than it's ever needed it. And here's a verse that, man, as a young Christian, this verse was so important to me. And even now, can we all agree there's times when we think I should pray more? I should read my Bible more. You know, I should have reached out. I should have said something. I, sh I, I sh shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have said that. And it's always happening in our lives. And we, you know, the enemy tries to make us feel guilty. And I love what 2 Timothy 2.13 reads. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot be untrue to himself. That's a really powerful phrase. God is love and his nature is love. And because he is love, he's going to be faithful to you whether you're faithful or not. He's waiting for us to come back. He's pursuing us. But his very nature is love, so his very nature is, I'm going to be faithful. And that really helps me because, you know, as a pastor, I see people walk away from God. And when I go to pray for them or I see them, I realize, you know what, it doesn't matter where they're at. God's loves God loves them, and he's faithful to them. So I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to love them. And guys, when I think about how much God loves us, he loves us more than anything in the universe. When I think about the fact his love never changes, it just makes me want to rejoice. But this third one is even more amazing. Here's number three. God is waiting to release his love into our lives. And he's so anxious to release his love into our lives that Jesus in, in the Sermon on the Mount said, hey guys, ask and you shall receive. He's trying to get us to pray and ask God to move in our life. He said, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. Then the very next verse says that if you ask, you shall receive. It's in the continuous tense, that whole second verse. And so he says, ask and you shall keep on receiving. In other words, uh, once God blesses you or gives you something you need, he says, I'm willing to give you something else. He says, seek and you'll keep finding. And then he says, knock and the doors will keep being open. And God's just letting us know how much he loves us. Then he finishes that section off with this. It's Matthew 7, 9. If your child asks you for bread, would any of you give him a stone? The answer is no. If your child asks for a fish, would you give him a snake? Now, I know some of you, when they're 16, 17, you might have wanted to, right? <laughs> And Jesus had never tasted roasted rattlesnake. I've had it. It's delicious, guys. But, but, uh, but he's just saying, no, you're, you're going to give them the fish, right? And in verse 11, even though you are evil, which means human beings with flaws, that's all that means, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God wants to bless you so much. Jesus took all this time to say, ask, seek, knock. God wants to bless your life. And then in Luke, Luke covers another side of this, another sermon. And Jesus said, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So he'll give you things. But for those of you that are hungry, and I know there's some of you right now, you're very hungry for more of God. And God is saying to each and every one of you, 
Cry out and ask for the Holy Spirit, and God will give you the Holy Spirit. He'll flood you with life. He'll flood you with joy. And that's why I'm really excited uh, with one of our Connects group groups. It's called The God I Never Knew. Pastor Bill does it. He does an online version, so you can hop in if you're in Boardman without driving over this way or online, and then he does a live one. And people that go through that group, they're absolutely amazed. So if you're hungry for more of God, look for that in the fall. And then not only does God want us to ask, he wants to get things to us so so badly, he also wants us to cast. And watch this, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Have you ever felt, God, I can't throw one more thing on you, man. But God's saying, you know what? I don't want you carrying your burdens. They're not for you to carry. And it reminded me of a story with my brother, Michael. My brother, Mike, and his wife, Barb, they pastor Faith Family Church in North Canton. And I had the pleasure of leading Mike and Barb to the Lord. They were still in high school. So I'm, I accepted Christ at 19, and then Mike and Barb did afterwards. And they were dating in high school. And they have, I'm telling you, one of the greatest marriages ever, right? But it started off rocky. And uh, they're dating in high school. And we went to this church, Warren Christian Assembly. And we had a Sunday night service, too. And that was the service at the end where we'd go to the altar and seek God or go to the altar and lay our burdens down. And I'm telling you, Mike and Barb broke up more than anybody that ever dated. We, we think it's about 50 times they broke up. It was crazy. And either Mike broke up with Barb or Barb broke up with Mike. And whenever they were broken up, if Mike broke up with Barb, that night Barb would run to the altar and cry and some of the ladies would go help and she's giving that burden to the Lord. Or if Barb broke up with Mike, Mike runs to the altar and he's crying. Some of the guys go up, you know, he didn't cry, but he was sad. And he's giving that burden to God, right? Uh, and... I just got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know what? That may seem frivolous to some of us, and it might seem like, guys, get your act together, and they have. But about 50 times, they broke up with each other. Shoo! But yet every time they went to that altar, God took that burden. And some of you think, God can't take my burden, it's not important enough, and I just want to say to you, every care you have, you were not created to carry that care. Your emotional system can't carry it. And I'm not saying we're wimpy. I'm just saying, why not give it to God and say, God, I need your help. And God, I'm going to deliver this to you, and I'm not going to carry it around. So God says, I want you to ask. He says, I want you to cast. But this next one is mind-blowing. He said, you know what? Sometimes I, I, you guys aren't asking, and you're not casting. So I'm going to get my love to you. I want to help you out with one other way. And he had Moses talk to Aaron, the high priest, and, and, and he said, Aaron, I want you and your sons to speak a blessing over my people. I just want you to think about this. The children of Israel were really rebellious. I mean, if they went a year without messing up, that was a long time. And when you read the Old Testament, you're like, whoa, these people, how could they just go off course that many times? But God said, even though they're rebellious, I love them this much more than anything. He said, I want the priest to speak blessings over them. And there was a reason for it. But here's what's really cool. Read it this week. 1 Peter 3, right around verse 9. Do you know what God said to us? Because in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, the Bible says we are now priests unto our God. That means we can pray. That means we can worship God. And you know what it says in chapter 3? Whenever you want to speak bad about a person, speak blessings over them. And Peter knew. Peter was referring to what we're about to read. And this is what God wants spoken over us. So he wants us to speak it. And it's kind of like, well, if if, if you're not going to pray and ask, if you're not going to cast, 
I want to get my love to you however I can get it to you. And listen to number six in verse 24, or number 622, sorry. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. So they were to bless them day in and day out as often as they could. And here it is, you ready? Number 624. May the Lord bless you and protect you. And I don't know about you, but that brings me right back to 2020 when churches were shut down. We were shut down for a couple, like two and a half months. And it just brings me right back there where we sang that song. The Lord bless you and keep you. I'm just rehearsing because they won't allow me in the band. <laughs> Tell them, that was good, man. That was pretty good. Hey, that is one powerful song. And you know that song's written from this. It says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. If you're perfect, no, no. May the Lord show his, uh, you his favor and give you his peace. And there's something really powerful about that. So God says, the people you love, you should speak this over them. The people you want to punch, you should speak this over them, right? He says, speak blessings over people. And here's why. Here's why God wanted this done. Here's why God wants us to speak this over people. Verse 27, whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in, in my name, I myself will bless them. In other words, he's saying, that releases me to bless you. And that is amazing to me. So think about it. God wants to get his love to us one way or another. He wants us to ask if you have a need, ask for the Holy Spirit. He says, I want you to cast. I don't want you carrying your burdens. And then he says, you know what? If you're not going to do that, or if you are doing that, I want to bring extra love on you, and I want people to speak blessings over you. So I got to thinking about that as a dad. And my kids, they're all serving God, and I'm so thankful. But it just got to thinking about it. How much more can I bless their lives by just speaking blessings over them? And for some of you, maybe your kids have strayed, maybe they haven't, but think about us just speaking those blessings over them. Think about us speaking blessings over other people. That's why my big idea says the more we understand God's love, the more we can love like God. And this is the point in the service. I love these points, and sometimes the message really brings you here, but think about how much God loves you. He loves you more than anything in the universe. He's pursuing you, right? Um, his love never changes, and he loves you so much. He's just in the, in the blocks ready to take off, wanting to bless you. And guys, can we take a moment in Borman, online, TCI, and here in Warren, can we say thank you, God? Can we just give it up and thank God for his love? It's absolutely amazing. It's amazing love. It's amazing love. So let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person listening right now and those that will listen in the future. Lord, some of us, man, you just open up our eyes and just to know you're pursuing us. Some father right now, some of you are listening, not a lot, but a few of you, you need to just say to God, you know what? You got me, you caught me, I'm coming back. And, and just go ahead back into the arms of God. Some of you are sitting here and you think, I'm too much of a burden, and you realize, no, man, God wants you to ask. He wants you to seek. He wants you to knock. He wants you to cast. You are not too much of a burden. He's waiting to bring blessings to you. And so as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, make yourself more real to each and every one of us. Thank you for being the most amazing father we could ever have. 
Again, Father, thank you for the dads in here. And so much of this comes to them naturally with their kids. But take all of us, dads, moms, brothers, sisters, friends, take us all to the next level, Lord God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer. One of the things I pray on a regular basis is when someone listens to a service, that the Holy Spirit begins to minister life. And I know there's life being ministered. So let's stay in that attitude of prayer. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. But maybe you're here, TCI, maybe you're in Borman, maybe you're online, maybe you're in Warren here. And you walked in not knowing God, not being sure if you had a relationship with God. Some of you might, might have felt, you know, God doesn't want anything to do with me. Some of you may not have believed in God. Some of you grew up in church, but you're like, I don't know God. And I want to give you an opportunity to know him better than you've ever known him before. So I'm not going to ask you to join our church. I'm not asking that. I'm not asking you to join a religion. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a moment in your life when you prayed and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. And I accept you as my savior. That's the good news. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. God raised him up out of the grave. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save him. If you're listening and you say, that's me, I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to give my heart to, to God, to Jesus. Would you pray with us right now? And can the rest of us, whatever campus we're at, can we help them pray online, help them pray? And let's just, if you're saying it for the first time, just mean it, say this after me. Say, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and all the world, that God raised you up out of that grave. I accept you as my Savior, and I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.